Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. I love of Indiana, his manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Hello, Eric. This I've got... I've got some butterflies about this episode. I don't know about you, but I do. I have some nerves really uh, percolating. I don't have nerves percolating. Oh, great. Look, look. I'm sorry. I've, I've, I'm jaded. I've the 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 red light has gone on many times in my life, and I just like that. That isn't a thing that really occurs for me anymore. The but but that's not to diminish just the incredible level of excitement I have for both today's episode and and the fact that all of Hoosier Nation is incredibly excited along with us because of the decision our guest has made. Before we get to that, let's get rid of some business first. As always, yeah. and especially on a day like today, uh-huh. we are. We are. Powered by. What are you doing? I was going to say, I was, I was never going to say, let's do it together. But now you just do it. Oh, I just did it. Not well. Do it again. Powered by. Communitycars.com. Oh, fade out. How did, chaser. How'd it feel? Did you like that? Nope. Did you, nope. I like it how we normally do it. Okay. Yeah. No, look, I didn't plan on throwing it back at you like that, but that's the thing about the show, right? It's so spontaneous. That's you why never, people listen. That for sure. Both of them. Both they just don't are- know. They just don't know what's going to hit them. Hey, but you know what? You do know what you're going to get when you call communitycars.com. <laughs> so, so smooth. <laughs> uh, you know exactly what you're going to get, which is great customer service, mm-hmm. the best car in the business, mm-hmm. for the best price you can find, no for doubt. the least amount of hassle possible. You're Certainly. not going to walk away from community cars with that icky feeling like you just got sold snake oil, you no, know? You're, you're going to feel good. You're going to feel real good when well, you get that, in that car. You're, but you're not, you're not going to walk away feeling good. You're going to drive away feeling good in like a myriad of choices. Like you can, like, what do they have on the lots? You go online, you talk to them. They can, they can find cars for you in the jungles of Zimbabwe, if that's what you need. They'll they, probably deliver it to the jungles of Zimbabwe. We still haven't gotten an answer if we can do this outside of the Continental 48. It's true. But I feel like they can figure it out. Put it on one of those military-style planes, drop it off with a parachute. Yeah, 
Evan, get right on that. <laughs> if you want your car, if you want your Chevy Tahoe delivered to you via parachute, landing in your neighborhood, they can do it. <laughs> um, look, Community Cars is run by the Martin family. Evan and his dad have been running the company for many, many years. Evan's dad was close friends with Coach Knight and a big friend of the program. Evan running Community Cars has continued to be a big friend to the program and to all IU athletics programs, including our NIL efforts. So if you want to support an, a company that is supporting Indiana athletics in a major way and doing it the right way, look no further than communitycars.com. It takes a village, not not just to raise an idiot, um, but... <laughs> What I was thinking it takes a village to raise a child, but then I was thinking, well, I was the village idiot. Um, but really what I'm trying to get to is like Indiana University basketball, even at the height of Coach Knight's power, did not operate in a vacuum. It wasn't uh, uh, energized and supported all unto itself. It has always taken the support of the community of Bloomington, of Hoosier Nation, and for, for a, a group like this that has done it now multi-generational, it really is. It's like you don't have Indiana University basketball being one of the greatest programs of all time without families like the Martins, you know, just just making sure, one, what everybody needs is had. Because at an academic institution, you can't, you can't, I'm lost. I'm what lost. are you saying? What are you doing? We were done. We were done. We gave them, we, we fulfilled our contractual obligations. And they they take care of everything that needs to be done. It's all had. being cut. Don't worry. It's all being cut. It's all being cut. No, I just wish you could keep the line. They make sure that nope. everything that needs to be done is had. What makes it worse is as I start to lose my thread, I can feel you, your eyes getting bigger. Your I'm like, curiosity. there's no way, there's no way he's going to be able to land this. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. And, there and, is, and, no and I way. know that's what you're thinking, and then it makes it just completely impossible. Look, there are times where you do land it, and I am impressed by it. But that one, when you said there are people that need. <laughs> to make sure that things that are done had like why is he there was just no way back no way back i you want were you in the to Bermuda know the triangle of podcasting i i am now breaking out in sweat i am so embarrassed by what i just did like not just like normal like brow sweat like my shoulders and arms are sweating i'm so more i say keep it it makes no sense but holy hell is it funny and entertaining but ward let me um let me take the embarrassment away, which means you have to keep that because I'm about to embarrass myself. No, I, I will gladly keep it for the sake of, okay. of laughs. Do you notice something different about me? I sense something different, but I can't pick it up specifically. Okay, look at the emoji of me. What do you notice about the beard in the emoji of me? It comes up a little bit more here. But what you're touching right now, what what is there? It, what do you see? It's the knob of your chin. What? Okay, but what color is it? In well, the emoji. In the emoji, it's it's got some gray in there. Do you see any gray in my beard? 
no, not not at all. It seems more tightly trimmed than normal, so I no. guess that's why I didn't notice. Ward, I dyed my beard. Why? It's the biggest mistake I have ever made, and I am still paying the price for it. I dyed my beard like as kind of a joke. Like I thought, well, I just want to see if it works. I see those Just for Men ads. Uh-huh. So I went and got Just for Men, and I squirted it out, and then I used the brush, and I painted and then I washed it off. Uh-huh. And from here, like my cheekbones, all the way to my ear, all the way down to my neck here was black. I was wearing blackface. <laughs> Not okay. Not my okay. entire skin, it it dyed my entire skin. I I was a monster. I <laughs> I had to go online and find aggressive skin treatments. And the one that ultimately ended up working was I had to make a concoction of baking soda and palmolive dish soap and made a paste. And I had to keep the paste on my face for like 25 minutes, which the reason it worked is because it burned my flesh off. <laughs> it was the most painful it was worse than when I dyed my beard with you. Remember on the on the bleach. I'm, I was saying this is not the first time you've dyed your beard. The first time just to get rid of gray. But did you do it wrong? This doesn't sound like this is how it should work. I think I must have done it wrong. Maybe I wasn't as careful as most people. But I dyed it. It did dye it. It's black. But I did it. And then Holly said to me, "This is how stupid I am." Holly said to me, "She goes, Eric." Are you going to do that every four days? <laughs> I go, what do you mean? I go, no, it should last forever. Like this stuff lasts like months. She goes, Eric, you shave your beard once every like five, six days. <laughs> the stuff coming in is not going to be black. This is a woman. She knows about roots. Yes. Women, women know about roots. It was the first time that it occurred to me that this was not going to be something I just kept black for like five months. Right. Yes. No, it's it's a it's a maintenance thing for sure. My skin is still on fire. It's been several days. Oh, really? Now, yeah. how does your skin look good? Is it like like sort it of kind of like, does? Yeah. yeah. It, your it, pores are tiny. I'm, I'm like down to the roots of the skin. <laughs> I am down to the dermis, if you will. Like so just stupidity, stupidity. Uh, another yeah, thing that. Wait, yeah. just to back up a second. You said yeah. you were kind of doing it as a joke. Kind but, of. I mean, but. Kind of. I, right. But but sort of also just out of vanity. Yeah. Sort of also that like I look really old and I'd like yeah. to remember what it likes to feel young. Yeah. And I don't feel young. Now I look at it and I feel like. I feel like I have like been like the Joker and fallen into a vat of acid <laughs> to, you... to dye my beard black. Stupid. No perma smile, so you escaped that. I was having a conversation with some friends a couple nights ago, uh, almost the exact same age, like 43. He's got lower back issues like I do. He's got a shoulder issue. So now he's spending like 20 minutes a day just on back uh, exercises mm. and and uh, stretching and one for his shoulder too. He goes, yeah, working out now at this point in our lives, it's not about form. It's not about looking good. It's about function. It's just yeah. about trying to keep your body moving correctly. I was like, that is the most depressing thing I've heard in a long time. Yeah, but so true. It's like uh, somebody used to tell me, like, when you reach a certain age, you don't play basketball to get in shape. 
you have to stay in shape to play basketball. And you and I are clearly at that age, you know, and I, I learned that the hard way at the fantasy camp a few years ago that like basketball is not like an activity for exercise. Now basketball is the end result. I have to get in shape to play basketball. No, I feel at this point in my life, playing basketball is an invitation to disaster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> As was the football workout that you and I did, which I am still dealing with chronic issues. Is that true? Is that still hurting? Yeah, I got a stinger. God, man, that is that was it was even weaker on video than it. it well, you could show present. it right now if you wanted to. I'd be I'll happily show it. And if there's any one person who thinks that was a rough tackle, I'll pay up. I'll pay you 50 bucks. You don't. Well, OK, then give and send me 50 dollars. No, no, no. You're not the person. Uh, Somebody objectively watching the video be like, Whoa. oh, don't worry. You'll have to send a lot more than 50 dollars when the lawsuit gets settled. You don't worry. I don't. It. You know, you I don't have money. any money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming after Annie. <laughs> um, so, uh, look, let's hit a couple uh, news items and then get to the main attraction. Yes, please. Was so happy to see that Allie Patberg is coming back to Indiana and joining the staff just what a week after the Jordan Hulls announcement comes out. Yes. It's yes. like Jordan Hulls is Indiana basketball. Allie Patberg is Indiana basketball. And the fact that both of them are returning and going to be on the staffs of their respective programs is so awesome. It's just awesome. When I couldn't wait to talk to you about that, because I obviously I saw that on Peaks, and I'm like, that's perfect, because it was really sad to be like, wow, after 34 years, she's done. And it's like, (laughs) nope, she's got to come in at 35th year in the same position as, as Jordy, essentially, for the ladies. And even when we got to interact with her when we were there at practice or they were working us out, she's just got this vibe. You just want to be around her. This like, hell yes, let's go. Let's do this fun attitude that I and think. Leader. When, and, and a leader. And a leader. And a leader. Absolutely. And, and you know, leading people to want to be there and to put in the work and to have a good attitude that it is. It's, it's another, um, I guess, uh, 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 a proof that these folks who come in and impact Indiana as players, that it's important to keep them around. Like Coach Morin, she could have gotten one of 50 people to fill that role. But those players, a Jordy, um, they're so special that and, – and Allie, you just like – you're not going to go recruit another Allie Patberg. That, that's a very rare player to, to have on your roster ever. So if you can figure out how to keep them around, it's going to help the team – maintain the level of excellence that she helped bring it to in the first place. Uh, Couldn't agree more equally happy to watch Victor Oladipo in these Eastern conference finals. And, you know, he's a different player than he was, or, or I should say, I shouldn't say that he's being asked to serve a different role than he has in most of his NBA career. He is a defensive stopper. Like we knew him to be his basically all of his career at Indiana, but especially his sophomore and junior years. But he is impacting the games in major ways without scoring a lot of points. I think he had like five steals yesterday or something like that uh, in in the Heat winning the game on the road at Boston without Jimmy Butler. Well, 
and look, Butler Butler has gone so berserk that, you know, it's one of those, well, like, if he's not there, what happens? And it does speak a lot to, and I think Vic, everybody's like, well, he wants to be in Miami because it's like that's a cool city and he can record there or whatever. I think Vic recognized that the culture and the type of basketball they play, however he was going to return as a player, that would be a spot really conducive to allowing him to be the best he can be as Vic 2.0 or whatever you want to call it now. And to see it uh, come to fruition at when the lights are so bright, you you hear about, oh, like, you know, just getting to college basketball, it's another level. Just getting to the NBA is another level. But then to get deep in the NBA playoffs when the lights are the brightest and the best players in the world are playing the best basketball in the That's world. It. The best players in the world. And on the like the best teams in the world right now, like these are the best teams on earth right now. And that he, after not playing much for a couple of years, is able to be clutch in this way. It's awesome. It's awesome for him. It's awesome for Indiana University. And, you know, I mean, come on. You know, I know Juwan's over there on Boston, but uh, but Vic is the guy, I think. You know, look, I love both the Warriors and Mavericks, too, and I love the Mark Cuban thing. We've talked about that before. But now with Vic really playing substantial minutes, that's that's where our heart is. Yeah, I want I want them to win. I want them to get a ring. I want Vic to get a ring, and I want him to sign a big contract, whether it's with Miami or somebody else. And so all the hard work that he put in to recover from these injuries and all the money that he passed up on, which, you know, you could easily say was a mistake at the time pays off for him. And, 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 and if it, if he's able to sign a deal, it means that he put in the work and deserves it because he is playing at an elite level. Like you said, against the best players. Well, so and that's on that awesome. note, going back to his time at IU, he put in the work. This is a, 100%. this is a guy who's been putting in the work for a very long time. And it, it would have been such a, what could have been, story but now it's like oh no Vic's gonna be okay he's he's gonna he's gonna have a long career and he's you know it seems like it and remember this is like I mean he's played in like 28 games or something like that this year maybe not even that many I think he only played in eight regular season games before the playoffs so he's probably not even in top shape yet you know like he will be going into next year Right. You look out how long it took Clay to work himself right. back into shape, you know, and he definitely had a head start on Vic. I'm not sure where it lined up exactly in the regular season, but yeah, no, this is this is uh, a big sigh of relief in a lot of ways because you just didn't want the story to end that way for Vic. Vic Oladipo is a great story. Juwan Morgan on the Boston Celtics is a great story. Ali Patburn coming back is a great story. But there's only one real story from this last week that has just sucked up all the oxygen from Indiana University Athletics. And I can't believe we get to talk to the guy first. When you you said that we were getting to talk to the guy first, um, I, I didn't really, I didn't know where to put my excitement, where immediately close family members, uh, people I text with, you know, that's where it kind of goes out. Like, um, uh, I, 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 I was trying not to jinx us, right? Like, I feel very much that way. This guy is the biggest story in college basketball this week. And I'm like, I don't want to, like, get it out there too much until it actually happens. But I I don't think there's ever been a moment where, obviously, Coach Woodson and what happened this season and, and this kind of string we've been on of talking with him and Kenya and stuff like that. But it, it was... The whole future of the program, and that meaning like this coming season, all those conversations had an asterisk. 
Like, this last season was a great stepping stone. This next season, Coach Woodson, Coach Kenya, any other IU fan you talk to, this could be a huge step if. 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 And now. Well, how about we shut up and let the if tell us why it's a when? <laughs> Did that make sense? Did that make sense? Did that make any sense at all? We suck at this. Man. Here comes the guest. Here comes, Here comes our, guest. our guest. Here comes our guest. Here comes our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are so, so, so excited to welcome this man, not just back to the show, but back to the program, back to the town where he belongs, at least for now. Eric, who are we talking to? Hailing from Indianapolis, Indiana, where he attended Center Grove High School, where he scored over 1,800 points on his way to becoming Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana, Gatorade Player of the Year in Indiana. He then decided to matriculate at Indiana University, where in his freshman year, he was third-team All-Big Ten. He was All-Big Ten freshman team. He was preseason Big Ten Freshman of the Year. He was Big Ten Preseason Newcomer of the Year. He was Big Ten Co-Freshman of the Week twice. He was Big Ten Freshman of the Week three times. That was just his freshman year. Two sophomore more years year. to go. Yeah, two more years to go. Third team All-American all his sophomore year. Honorable mention All-American AP. All-Big Ten first team by media and AP second team by coaches. Wooden Award finalist. Carl Malone Award finalist. Big Ten player of the week once. Big Ten co-player of the week once. And then his junior year, which I guess they're calling red shirt sophomore. I don't know. I don't understand yeah. how that, right? Like, it's stupid. <laughs> it's yeah. stupid. All right. But all he did that year, which was last year, was second team all Big Ten coaches, media, and AP. Big Ten all defensive team. Team captain Dick Vitale player of the week once. Big Ten player of the week once. Second player in IU history. Let's slow down here. Second player in IU history with 1,500 points, 750 rebounds, and 150 blocks. The only other person in the history of Indiana to do that is Allen Henderson. That's what we're talking about here. He is currently 15th all-time on IU scoring list. He is ninth all-time in rebounds. He is seventh in block shots, seventh in field goal percentage. He is setting records at a crazy pace, and he's only done it in three years. Eric, Eric, who has the all-time record for the most points scored in a game in Assembly Hall history? This guy. This guy. This guy. <laughs> he also, and I think he would tell you more important than all of that, led Indiana to its first NCAA tournament in six years, its first NCAA tournament win in six years. He broke the streak against Purdue, those sons of bitches. He broke the streak against Michigan, those sons of bitches. And he decided to come back for his senior year. I can't tell you. I got goosebumps making this announcement. Oh, hold on. Let me get more comfortable. Oh, really? oh, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the returning defending champion of the world, Trace Jackson Davis. Well, thank you for having me, guys. Can't wait to chat. It's going to be a fun talk. It is going to be fun. Let's just start with how the hell are you? doing good uh just recovered from this covid stuff um haven't been really doing stuff for about a week so finally just being able to go out uh work out and do stuff of that nature so just trying to get my win back 
I have to imagine, and we'll get into that and the role that played in all of this, but the world has been watching you for months now. And I'm sure you've been feeling that. Is there a certain degree with what other feelings we'll get into? We will, but just relief. Are you just relieved that the decision is made? Oh, absolutely. Just even right from when I declared to all the way to deciding to come back, it was just every day I'll get a text. So what's going on? What are you doing? I don't know yet. So kind of kept it to myself. My family didn't even know really. It was just really just me, honestly. So yeah, that was stressful. But at the same time, I love the draft process, just going out to LA, experiencing that, being able to showcase my abilities and that nature and work on my game, parts of my game that I haven't really worked on that much. So I thought it was good. What is the coolest or most fun or funny message that you have gotten from anybody congratulating you or just talking about next year and the decision to come back? What's like the best text or message you've received? Um, a lot of my messages came on Instagram. I remember seeing one where this girl said she was driving. She almost crashed her car. So I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> so a lot of people that graduated me and said, and said nice messages. So, um, I'm ready to get started and get back to work. I miss my guys. I haven't seen them in about two months. So, well, and we'll we'll get into so much of the bas- basketball aspect of this. But as two guys who are longing twenty years later to to <laughs> still be an undergraduate at Indiana University, it, it, you've just got to be so happy that you get another go around in Bloomington as an IU student. Just being yeah, being a student that was another playing decision. Just having that one more year and then it's time to grow up. It's when you get to be a kid once. So it's the last year of being just a student and just being a regular person before I become um, a but working stiff. So I thought that was a big, absolutely. <laughs> only going out for real. So. so let, let's, before we, and I want to talk about like the process, the NBA process and the decision, but before we do. How are you feeling, Trace? There, there was obviously a lot of concern from people that love you and support you uh, with the COVID announcement. How, how are you feeling right now? I'm good. Um, my, my symptoms weren't bad at all. I just kind of was winded when I would run. Um, I didn't really, I didn't lose my taste or smell. So I was basically asymptomatic besides a little bit when I would run. I would get winded really fast. So that was good. That was a good thing. But other than that, I'm feeling great now. Great. So I'm ready to get back to work. Now. All right. So let's go to, and we, we want to cover last season, but let's just start with the end of the season. The season ends, and we're going to skip over the NCAA tournament. We'll get back to that. The season ends, yeah. and you have a decision to make pretty quickly. You know, what are you going to do? Are you going to enter the, the, the NBA process? Did you know going into the end of the year that you were likely going to do that? Walk us through kind of that decision. Yeah, um, so I thought this year was I was going to enter the process regardless um, just to see where they wanted me, see the things I needed to work on, if I was going to stay or not. I didn't know. And just going – I had to decide, I think, our season ended in March – or end of March, and then I had all of April to decide if I was doing that. But I, I decided rather quickly that that was probably the smartest thing to do. So, 
Sure. And, and can you share with us some of what you did learn? Like, what were you working on and, and what were you hearing? I think we all know about like, oh, we and look, we got to go to a couple practices and we've seen you yeah. shoot from the outside. It's a pretty thing. You got a nice stroke and the ball goes in a lot. Sure. But what what's some of the maybe some of the nuance, the little details um, that you learned, you, you worked with trainers or you heard from NBA folks that you started to incorporate in your game? I think the biggest thing out there was it was just constant reps. Um, just shooting. That's all we did out there basically was just um, we we were training for NBA draft workouts. So it was a lot of uh, two on two stuff, three on three stuff with um, the guys that I worked out with at Excel. And then um, a lot of shooting drills, but not we did stationary shooting, but there was a lot of like cutting on the move, uh, closing out, um, reading your guys. So I was basically just getting trained like a guard the whole time I was out there. So and and when you put out or whoever did put out those videos of you just like the first one was you hit one three and everybody lost their minds at Indiana fans. And then yeah. you put out another one where you hit, I don't know, 42 in a row or something. That's what it seemed <laughs> like. And everybody literally lost their minds. Uh, and obviously, when people lose their minds, you're seeing that on social media. Mm hmm. What's your reaction when you see everybody losing their minds on that? Do you? I just want to know what goes through your head when you see that. Um, I think it's funny. Um, a lot of people don't know that my capabilities, especially you guys have seen it kind of with my shooting. Um, it's just really just building up confidence. And so um, got to just keep working on it, keep getting reps on it, and then be ready to do it in the game. Obviously can't fall in love with that because of how good I am down low, but adding that repertoire, I think is really going to help our team. Help so you're, you're in LA, so. you're, you're, you're in LA. Um, you're working out with professional trainers. They're, they're working you, you through that. But at the same time, our understanding is you do have this guy named Mike Woodson who does really want you to come back too. um, Absolutely. supporting you totally supportive but also kind of recruiting you what <laughs> what is that like did you feel pressure did you feel did you feel like you were be re being recruited again like your senior year in high school um they they kind of they weren't really as recruiting i would say um obviously they knew what i if i was a first round draft pick they wanted me to go regardless if i was a first round rounder they wouldn't be like come back because they still want what's best for me that's why i love them so much hmm. But um, yeah, he was still came. He was still uh, he came out there and met with me. Um, we went to dinner and stuff of that nature. Um, just asking me how I was doing because relationship is far beyond basketball. Even in a year, I felt like I've known the guy my whole life. Mm. Wow, that's special. That's special. I do wonder in those conversations, because we, we've heard that while there was so much emphasis on defense last year, as Coach Woodson came in, took over the team, was like, the way we're going to compete and be in every game is on defense. That's where it's going to start with this program and these players. And we saw that collectively and from you individually becoming such a force protecting the rim. It was really fun to see you make that leap. Now I'm wondering... We've heard going in into this offseason, looking towards the fall, there's more of an emphasis on offense. And I wonder, what are the conversations between what you are capable of doing from the outside and what schematically 
is is sort of the plan. Do you see um, something going on with the offense, the system, the flow this coming season that's going to make it just more uh, uh, obvious that you should be shooting? Yeah. Because we, we didn't see out there much last year. Exactly. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that especially um, this year, what you said, defense was a huge key in our success. Um, but at the same time, our team was put together. Like we had our core group of guys, but X, Parker, Miller, those are three new guys you're just throwing into the fire, three starters right off the bat. So um took a while for us to mesh. And then I think at the end of the year, me and X really started to build that connection. And um, obviously the pick and roll was really good for us, um, kind of getting me away from the basket, posting up, pick and roll. I think not only picking and rolling for me, but picking and popping and then taking my guy off the dribble, being able to pump fake and go make plays for my teammates is going to be a big thing for me as well. Yeah. So I just think that um, all together. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're good. I I, I was just going to say one of the things that's remarkable when you look at the stats from last year, you were second on the team in assists. Yeah. Like, like you, that was, that was a big deal though. Like you're, you're passing out of the post and, and the Mm -hmm. high low game with race and, and, and how you guys played together as coach Woody calls it, which I've never heard it called this ever buddy ball. Yeah. Um, but, but obviously your game did expand. The other thing that expanded, you started using your right hand a lot more last year. Uh, in fact, not to like skip over things, but I rewatched the Michigan and Illinois games Uh and that Illinois game, you were doing everything. I mean, like if like if you need to ever put the highlight reel together to show anybody what you're capable of, you were spinning around Kofi. You were using your right hand on reverses. You were, you know, you shot the jumper, uh, like you, the passing out of the post, the defense, like everything was incredible. But clearly, your game did expand last year, Ooh. and and what what were you happiest about in your game expanding last year? And I guess not to reiterate, but what are you looking forward to most exploiting next season? I think the biggest thing that I'm happy about, especially now knowing that I'm coming back, is how much that we meshed at the end of the year. Um, not only that, but just how exciting it was. I felt like there was a buzz around our team in those last four or five games. And um, it just made us like, especially in the Big Ten tournament, especially we beat Michigan. And then I was sitting to myself, I said, that was the first thing that could done because now we tomorrow and I'm already feeling amped up I'm ready to go and so we beat them and then we play Illinois who's got had our number I haven't beat them and then being able to beat them and then Iowa who also has a great team they hit a prayer but just playing in front of those crowds in Indy I thought it was just so fun and then the buzz buzz around our team was just so high and everyone wanted to play and in the past usually March our team literally was so down like losing usually so it was just it was good to see the change and now coming into next year i'm ready to go right now ready to start playing in may so hopefully we can be excited in that to our advantage going into the summer especially with these new freshmen coming in well and and not to to go over it too many times but we heard it from coach woodson's perspective and something dramatic happened at the halftime of the Michigan game. And I just wanted to get your perspective on that because what we're now talking about, this this switch that was flipped, 
like it, you went on a tear like few people in the history of Indiana University has ever been on. Scored like 100 <laughs> points in four games. You became so dominant. You became uh, the player we'd all been seeing for a half of a game or part of a game or for mm-hmm. a couple games. And, and like what happened at halftime? What happened to you when Coach Woodson went crazy? And how are you going to keep that rolling for an entire season instead of a half a dozen games at the end of Absolutely. the year? Um, I think that the biggest thing for me, Coach Woodson at halftime, it was funny because he's not a really big yeller. And it was like, it was almost, he wasn't even yelling at us in the locker room. He just looked at us disappointed. It's just like, you guys don't want to play. Just let me know. But he said, our season's on the line right now. You can either go out and fight or you can lose. And then I looked at race and I said, we're about to win this game. <laughs> and I said, I don't care. I said, we're about to win. So you better go out there and be ready to play because I'm, I'm about to win this. And then so then that's what happened. And then the rest is history, basically. But then adding back to your question, um, I think the biggest thing for me, especially, is just staying in love with the process, being in the gym. I think during the season, especially starting in the middle of the season, you start to get tired. Um, you start to not want to work out as much. So just always staying on the grind, I think, is going to be big for me and keeping my motivation and my mind, my mental toughness there. So I think that's really going to be my biggest key. And I think one of the right guys, like Tamar, Tamar's a gym rat. He loves being in the gym. And then one of our grad assistants, um, Isaac Green, loves being in the gym. So I'm going to lean on those guys heavy and then we're going to make stuff pop. So, And, and just to follow up on that, is part of – when it's the dog days of like February and your body's hurt and you're tired and you've got to push through it now getting a taste of that, that tournament excitement, is that going to be part of what helps keep you getting into the gym? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the biggest thing for me with those games really just kind of showed my potential. And it just was like, you're doing all this stuff and you still haven't even locked, unlocked parts of your game. So I'm still not even close to what my could be. So I just think that the next year, especially in the early games, building on my confidence, shooting from the outside, um, doing things like that you might not do in close games or playing in a Big Ten games just to get confidence. So when those ten games do come, I'm ready to go. So. All right. So let's go back to this offseason. You're working out in L.A. You've made the decision to go through the process. Did you get a chance to actually work out for any NBA teams before the, the COVID and the combine combine combine? (laughs) Sorry about that. So literally for the combine, I was, or not combine, but so I had four workouts planned before the combine and I was in Brooklyn. I was at Brooklyn's facility getting ready to start my first workout. And then that's when I found out my test was positive. (sighs) <laughs> on my first workout like uh two weeks ago on monday oh so, sorry man <laughs> it happens but there was a lot of like i was asking and praying about it and i was asking for signs of should i leave or should i stay and like the lord was telling me basically because covid like usually you have symptoms usually you feel terrible but i was basically asymptomatic like i was just basically just couldn't work out and so coming into that and then I was like, okay, maybe he's telling me to stay in school, but at the same time, I'm going to wait. And then I still tested and they're like, my levels were really low. So they thought that like I had it before and that was the end of the thing. And then, so I kept testing. So I 
tested Tuesday, Thursday, and my levels were going negative on like one day, I think it was Monday, right before the combine, I tested negative. And so I was going to go to the combine and then I tested positive again on Tuesday and then tested positive on Wednesday and Thursday. So I basically, I would just think that the Lord was telling me I need to stay in school. So I, so that's what I decided. And is there some, I was going to say, is there, was there some peace in that rather than like gnashing your teeth out and be like, ah, like I've been working my whole life for this opportunity. It sounds like you were pretty sanguine about it. Like it was just like, oh, this is, this is what's meant to be. It didn't torture you too much. No, because I knew that um, I felt like my decision was going to be a win-win regardless. Obviously, if I'm a first-round pick and playing in the NBA is always a dream, but that dream isn't going anywhere. The NBA is going to be there next year. And then coming back to school, having the pieces that we have and actually competing for something huge, Big Ten and national title. So that's something that you, I haven't had that in three years here. So just being able to do that finally and being the team captain and leading the charge, I think is going to be huge. Let's so. talk for a second about that because I think that, you know, as fans, we only get little snippets of you, you know, in press conferences, maybe wait, wait. after a game. Did you say snippets? Snippets. <laughs> little snippets. It sounded like snippets to me. <laughs> maybe I said snippets. I don't know. But we only get little pieces of you here and there. And I don't know if people realize how, important it is to you the legacy that you leave at indiana i i've heard you talk about it i know how important that is to you and you just talked about the idea of being able to come back and compete for something big at, at indiana can you just take a, a, a second and let the fans that may not have heard you talk about it before how important your legacy at indiana is to you oh it's 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 huge um, just being a graduate from there next year, being able to graduate from there is just huge on its own. But um, coming back and just already having that, the one record that I have this year, being able to be top five in scoring, uh, going for number one in rebounds, I think I need like 300, 250. And then blocks, I could probably get blocks as well. Just being up there with the greats, Calvert Chaney, Steve Alford. Like you're in Indiana and you go anywhere and they know those names. And so just, I think it's going to be huge. And just leaving my mark on that program, just being a part of that history, I think will be great. And um, I'm really honored and blessed. And I think I chose, I didn't, don't think, but I know I chose the right place to go. And helping turn this program from kind of a laughing stock with a huge history of, oh, people talk about Indiana, but you're thinking of the past. But I want people to be like, oh, that's Indiana. That's that's where the guys go to school, like Duke, Kentucky. Oh, it's Indiana. They're a blue blood. They weren't a past blue blood, and they were good. They have five national titles. I want Indiana to be good and just continue to be great. And that was my goal coming in as a freshman year. Um, my goal last year was to make the tournament. I succeeded on that. But now it's time to win something, and my goal is to win a title. Um, what and look, man, it, it, one I of like us, it. like it's just amazing that one of the all-time greatest players at IU just feels the same way we do. We're just so pissed that like Kentucky and Duke are like in this different conversation that we clearly belong in, and that you you didn't walk into a program where it was already set up for you to just continue doing that. You had yep. to come back in and w- through a couple different coaches navigate the way from 
from being a team that's just trying to compete each night it goes out onto the court to now since you announced you're coming back trace there's quite a bit of excitement not just around bloomington but nationally what how are you and as the team captain uh how are you going to use now expectations of excellence like hey this is a top 15 this is a top 10 team this is a team going to be competing for the big 10 like how do you now deal with uh uh expectations of excellence instead of people just being like yeah indiana they're kind of middle of the pack yeah, they could be good you never know but like i think the the biggest thing with me was i kind of had the same role in high school my high school where i went to school we didn't we weren't very good before i came in um or we were known for football and um, just a year by year, my freshman year, um, we were horrible. We were not good. <laughs> then my sophomore year came around. We won our first sectional title. So that was good. My junior year came, we played Romeo and lost in, uh, like our third round. And then my senior year, we made it all the way to the final four game. And so just it's built. It's about building. You can't, you're never going to be, go from this programs in shambles and the next year you're going to win a national title. But I think my freshman year, we were a lot better than what people thought. I thought we had all the right pieces. We just didn't gel together very well, but we still, I think would have made the tournament my sophomore year kind of down year, especially with COVID it's hard to play when there's no fans. Then this junior year, just building, we've always just built and continued to build guys that stayed along like guys like race, um, then you got uh, younger guys like Ant, Trey, who are about the right things. Uh, Jordan, throw him into that category. And then senior year coming up, my senior year, I think is going to be huge. I think guys are all locked in. They're ready to go. And I think everyone's kind of built an expectation of what we should be. And I think at the end of the year this year is where we found that expectation and we saw what kind of team we can be. So. Yeah. Well, while you were going through your oh, process, wait. Can I just follow up on that? Just to finish, for you, what defines this season as a success from the team's point of view? What do you guys need to accomplish for you to walk away feeling like I got the job done with my guys? Um, this year, this year coming up, mm -hmm. um, obviously, Big Ten, Big Ten title. Um, obviously I want to be ranked in the top 10 one year. I want to be starting in the top 10 and then drop out of the top 10 to 25. So being a ranked team all year is huge. Um, I want to compete for a title. I mean, I didn't come back just to come back. I came back to win. I, I've got everything else. I've got numbers. I've got stats, but I need a championship under my belt to say that I'm one of the great, greatest I've played here. So I love it. That's, I love it. I mean, it's just winning solves gooey. everything. It makes me gooey inside. That's what it does. Um, while you're making your going through your process, you have a good friend and teammate going through his process, Race. And Race yep. announces that he's coming back. Did you know that Race was going to come back before he announced it? And what did that did that factor into your decision too, knowing that your good buddy is coming back? Yeah, Race. Race is my guy. Um, I kind of thought he was going to come back because he never talked about leaving. Really, he wasn't ever at the end of the year like, I'm ready to leave, I'm ready to be done. So um, it was kind of in the air a little bit, but at the same time, I kind of I kind of knew that he was going to come back. Um, obviously, it factors in. I think it all factors in. Um, with Malik committing, I thought that was huge. 
um, the guys that we have coming in are huge. And then race as well. Race staying huge. And I think that it was just all those signs were just telling me that NBA can wait. It's time, time to go win something. So, um, so you make your decision. When, when did you actually make the decision? Was it when you got that last positive test when you're like, Oh, the hell with it. This God is speaking to me in multiple yeah. times, multiple ways. Was it right then? And then when you made your decision, who were the first people you told? Um, when I made my decision, I told my best friends, my two best friends, and I told my parents and then I told my agents. And so those were the people who know that was before I announced it. I think I told them the night before because I, they still wanted my agents still wanted me to come to the combine to at least do the pro day. So I decided that I wasn't going to do that. And then I texted them and basically told them that, thank you for what you've done and helped me out um, working out and all that stuff. But um, I'm going to go back to school and compete for or play for coach Woodson. So now and then, with wait, the- I, I wait, I want to, I want to get to then how does it work with calling coach Woodson or telling him what was that conversation? Like give us something behind the scenes on that conversation. Um, so basically with me and coach Woodson, um, I called him and told him that we had a meet. I wanted to have a meeting with him. And then we ended up meeting in Indy and I told him, I kind of put some things together and what I wanted for our team. So a few of those things were um, just like the summer workouts, how I wanted them done, how I think they could have helped us, how things could help. Um, and then things with practice, hanging up the practices a little bit from my prior years that I think will help as well. So I was basically just telling him stuff that I wanted to happen to make our team better. And so that was that was really what the meeting was about. And then at the end, I obviously told him that I was coming back. So and what was his reaction? Um, that uh, he was happy. He was happy as hell. <laughs> he was like, "This is what a leader should do." And so basically, he just told me that he wanted me to hold guys accountable more. And I said, "I said, yep." Especially, I think last year was just kind of a a new thing. So with all the guys but now knowing all the guys and how they play and how they operate i think i'll be able to i'll be able to hold them to that so i like it well i I mean i think that's an incredibly mature thing to do is to, to call for that meeting to do it in person to make him wait till the end of the conversation till you gave him the good news like i love i love yeah. your whole approach on that and and when you talk about accountability i mean i guess it's something we could go back to the northwestern game right where there was sort of that was a big moment i think for what the mike woodson era was going to be uh, about accountability about what it means to be a, a hoosier do you how important do you think it was that the law was kind of laid down up in evanston that night absolutely um well the thing was what people don't understand was coach coach only knew that two like one or two guys were out and then the other coaches didn't tell about the other players and and then one of the coaches texted me and he said, do you want the players to play tonight? And I said, no. I said, they broke curfew. I don't want, I don't want them to play. Me and race decided that he said the players that broke the rules need to be punished and accounted for. 
And so that's when they decided. So we had another meeting after the two players were in trouble. Then we had another meeting and he said, I asked who went out and only two of you said stuff. Why didn't the rest of you guys say anything? And so the rest of the guys got in trouble as well. But it was more of a, like, I feel like if you want to break rules and mess with our season, what we're trying to do here, then that's on you. Obviously, everything still worked its way out, but it's just you got to hold guys accountable. So it's big for me. Trace, I feel like talking to you is like talking to somebody in the middle of a basketball movie at the point where they go from just being a player to being a leader of the team and being going from a boy to a man. And everything you've just laid out feels like through what you went through last year, through this process, you're just like transforming in front of our eyes. Do you feel that? Like, are, are you feeling that? I mean, you have to, that this is your team now in a way that it, it has not been, and maybe you weren't ready for until now. Yeah. I think just the biggest thing for me was, um, especially just getting older, um, being through the process two or three times going through, I think what really helped me was going through the slump. Um, when I hurt my back, not being able to play very well, um, just taking a lot of time to myself to reiterate my thoughts and then coming back in March and just dominating the way I did. Um, it really helped me and it boosted my morale. And I think that that March stent, those guys started leaning on me really heavy and they were like, they were ready to follow whatever I told them to do. And then just, and then all of them you saw at the end of the year on Twitter saying, we need you back. All of them, all of them wanted me back. So um, they, they're ready. They're ready to go and they're ready to follow my, follow my lead. And they're also starting to become leaders themselves. Like obviously race is huge. Um, but some of the younger guys like Anthony Leal, um, Galloway, they're all, they're all starting to do their part, which is huge because can't just be one guy holding the, <clears throat> holding the helm. Everyone's got to be able to hold each other accountable. And when that happens, that's when you know you have a great team. I, I want to hit something real quick that you said that, that I think is really important. I've been wanting to talk about it, and there's no better time to talk about it than now. You never talked about this during the season. Indiana didn't talk about this during the season, but you talk about that slump you went in that uh-huh. you, you experienced. People don't know how hurt you were during that because we never said – when I say we, like, like I'm part of Indiana's staff here, Indiana never said anything. You had that awful fall that hurt, that screwed up your your back and, and hip. Yep. And then I believe there was an ankle or, or something else involved that, that you never uh-huh. talked about. Um, so, yeah. Can you, I know you don't like talking about it because it sounds like you're making an excuse, but I think it's important that fans realize there is more going on than we realize sometimes. And when the best player on the team and maybe in the conference goes into a little slump, maybe something else is going on. And that is what was going on this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, if I play, I'm trying to still play at 100%. Like, I'm trying to go at 100%, even if I'm not 100%. But Purdue was really was really bad. Um, I came in. I was throwing up the night before. And then I come in in the morning. I get two IVs in my arm mm. to try to get my fluids back. And I had my back hurt. So, literally, I was probably at the worst stage I could have possibly played that game. And that was the home game where we won. So, that was – awful but at the same time i was so happy because we won so i didn't really care and then um i still had my back my back was like it was almost like a throbbing pain I, it was really affecting my jumping i didn't jump as high i was just 
didn't move as well laterally and I couldn't really like rely on my lower frame to like hold guys up, especially in the post. So it was obviously a struggle probably for two to three weeks. And then after I got out of probably, I would say by the February 10th or 11th, I was kind of out of it, but I just wasn't playing to myself and then playing against Wisconsin at home, I kind of got that juice back. So it was it was up and down for sure. I had it up and down February and then that Purdue game in March. But um didn't you want to just shout out to people, hey guys, I'm hurt. Like like didn't you or or is that just part of like how you're made? Like, you know what, just put my head down, block out the noise and move forward. Yeah. Um I blocked I basically just block out the noise. Obviously people are gonna talk regardless of what I say but it doesn't really matter to me. It doesn't affect me as a person because all my teammates and all my coaches know. So they all know that what I'm capable of fully healthy and at full strength. So if I'm not playing to that level, there's probably something wrong. All right. To, to stay on the glorious memory, despite your physical ailments of that Purdue victory, what being in assembly hall during that game, after a COVID year, after like 37 years straight of losing to Purdue, and then yeah. seeing Rob, who's put the time and love into the program like you have, how, like just how did that feel to finally beat those guys Absolutely. in that environment? I was the best. Um, I just just showed how good our team actually was, and just seeing Rob, how much he's gone through in the past three years, four years, just all the criticism that he's gotten and just him shooting the lights out and then making that shot, man, I was so proud of him. And I saw him at the center of the court and then just lifting him up because he deserved all the praise because that man, he's been through a lot and I'm just, he's tough as hell and he's going to do great things in Cincinnati, but just watching those guys and just how they competed and how hard they played the whole game was just huge. Uh, can Mike Woodson still shoot the basketball? I know he puts him up in practice. Can he shoot the rock? And what would he tell us if we asked him if he could still shoot? He's going to tell you, hell yeah. <laughs> That's what he's <laughs> going to say. But um, Coach got a little game to him. He don't got any wiggle no more, but he can shoot it a little <laughs> bit. Um, he loves bank shots. He loves shooting bank shots. So, mm-hmm. But he, he's, got, he's got a little, a little shot still. Can you talk a little bit? You said earlier that you've known the guy for one year and you feel like you've known him your whole life. What has it been like building that relationship and how has it been built over the last year? It's been great. Um, I think the biggest thing with him is how he's a player's coach, how he always he always wants to be around. Like um, Coach Miller, and it's not a knock on Coach Miller by any means, but Coach Miller was more of a on-court, stern on-court. He would invite us over for dinners and stuff, but at the same time, I don't feel like anyone I, – I had a relationship with him, but no one else on our team really was – there was almost like they were afraid of him, afraid to go talk to him and stuff of that nature, which isn't a bad thing, but it's just how he was and how he, he operated. But I think with Coach Woodson, it's more of an open arms. I want you to come in and talk to me how you are, how you're feeling. So that was a big thing. So um, I think that and just how much he wanted to be around us. He loved being around us and just talking to us, asking how we are. And I think that the whole staff is also like that. And mm-hmm. all, all of our staff members are just really, really good guys. Um, and it's people that have been through what we've been through. Like Coach Woodson's been in our shoes. He's played here. He's experienced everything. Um, so I think it's all, it's all huge, honestly. 
when you alluded to the off-season program and workouts and stuff like that, and, and it sounds like Coach Woodson was very receptive to what you thought, a team that you've been around longer and you know better even than Coach Woodson. You've had more seasons with these guys. Um, what Could you enlighten us a little bit? Of like, what what's the summer going to be like? You said you can't wait to get back to, to your boys. So what's the plan? Um, conditioning. We're going to condition, but instead of doing a lot of running like we did last year, I think we're going to do more playing. So we're going to play a lot more. And uh, with our team, we didn't play a lot together. Like, as in, like, we do usually have two separate groups of five. But this year we're going to orient like different teams so all the history so that's a huge thing um there were some other things but i would have to get the paper that i had i wrote them all down on a piece of paper was that at all weird for you like writing down a plan on a piece of paper to go talk to the coach about like that is a big step for a player to do were you at all nervous about doing that um i wasn't necessarily nervous and i also think that coach was kind of waiting for me to grow into that role um, yeah. he's always wanted me, he's always been wanting me telling me to be accountable for guys so i t- <clears throat> so i basically i said it's finally I'm, I'm a senior i mean it's weird saying i never thought i'd be in the situation but yeah i'm a senior this year and so um holding guys accountable because it's my senior year it's a few other guys senior year race x um it's our last time doing this and we're going to do it the right way so that was another thing i told him i said we're we're done with the um the rules with the drug test we're not doing the what's it called where you get one strike you just call home two strikes and you're like lose a game or three games or whatever it is it's it's you get one strike and you're done you're Mm -hmm. you're you're done so and that's from you that's from you trace wow this is so. My God, this is this is I love this. I mean, this is incredible. <laughs> I mean, this have you have you had any conversations with you mentioned some of these players, the Calbert Cheneys, the Allen Hendersons, the, the guys yep. that have been there before the Steve Alfords, the Damon Bailey's, the guys that have been there four years and were the leaders of those teams and really good teams. Have you had any conversations with them in the last? Yep. Oh, you have. Who who have you uh, talked to? I talked to Calbert um, actually about a week ago, asking for my advice on my decision. He said, he said, basically he told me you're an NBA player, um, whether it be this year or next year, he said, that's for you to decide, but you're going to be in the NBA someday. Um, he said, don't stress about it. He's, and then he told my mom, he said he was in the same position from his junior year deciding if he was going to come back. And so he ended up staying and then, obviously you reap the benefits of that. So hopefully I can do the same thing that he did. I think that would be huge. I also talked to, I got a message relayed to me from Isaiah Thomas. Uh, It was his cousin and he called me and basically Isaiah told me that I need to stay in school and finish with my fourth year and win, win the big 10 championship compete for a national title. And then he said the rest will take care of himself. So. So yes. that's that's where we're at. And then after hearing that, I said, well, two of the best guys in this program told me to stay. Um, obviously, I, he wasn't going to 
no reason to go against them. No reason. To go against them. <laughs> yeah, that's an spot. awkward. That's an awkward conversation if you go against those guys. How do you talk yeah, to them again? <laughs> exactly. And obviously with Coach Woodson as well, just having discussions with him, it was all huge. I think, and I think I'm going to benefit from this decision a lot in a I, good way. I do wonder, Trace. You you mentioned Calbert, who's my all time guy. You know, a lot of guys in my generation, Calbert, Calbert was our guy and it, and it killed us. He didn't get one that he didn't, he he didn't hang a big one. And, and coach Woodson, what an incredible player, what a legend. And he was, he was just gone a year early. Like what would it mean? Not just for you, but, but for, for Calbert, for, for coach Woodson to hang that sixth one. Man, it's for all the guys, uh, Jared Jeffries, hmm. I think of Coach Fife. Um, if they got there, they just couldn't just couldn't finish it. But it's just for all the past players. I feel like um, Indiana's just been it's been in the dark for too long. It's been way too long since our last title. Uh, it's time to change that. And I'm really excited because I feel like this team, with all the pieces, and if we play the right way and play together, we can get that done. This what, was your that? junior year. COVID screwed up your last two. Did you enjoy Lil Five this year? I wasn't there. I was in LA. You were already in LA? Yeah. Dude. We did we did it for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the the fair, two mid 40 year olds went back and, and did it for <laughs> did it up for you. Yeah. So um look, I, I do want to Yeah. But wait, wait, real quick, before we go off the partying, just what was it like not having the COVID restrictions were pretty much gone. So you were able to enjoy Bloomington and you are 21. Do you have a favorite bar? Is there a play? Are you a sports guy? Are you a KOK? Like, what are you? Um, I've been, I've been to all of them. Um, I like all of them. They all, they're all really unique. Um, my teammates, like going to sports a lot. So I usually go there. Um, uh, the new one that opened Kalau, it's nice too. Um, I was actually a big fan of Bluebird. Yes, I like Bluebird. Um, who's I your favorite? With, uh, who's your favorite act? So, your favorite act to see I Bluebird? I don't really know the acts very well. I just go there, listen to the music. I just like the vibe of it. So, by yeah. the way, we when we were back for a little five, we heard that Parker was rapping somewhere. We weren't able to make it there. Can Parker yeah. spit? Can Parker oh, spit? Parker's Parker's got a few albums and. He does. He raps really well. He's he's really good at it. And uh, he was at Kalau, I think, when he was doing that. But I heard the performance went well, and everyone had a good time. So that was good. Nice. Oh, that's cool. nice. Well, I I have to ask about this because we all know you can shoot the ball, and we're planning on seeing more of that this year. But there's also a bunch of other teammates that need to be able to shoot the ball well too. What Absolutely. that is that is the one thing. Even with all the hype with you coming back, people are still pointing at like, yeah. But to really get to that rarefied air, where's the shooting gonna come from? And and obviously you got some new guys coming in, some guys departing. But where do you see whether it be from individual improvement or from just the again the scheming of the offense? How is the 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 floor of the shooting of this team going to be raised and the ceiling? I think it's going to be both. I think the scheme of the offense is going to be huge. Um, but at the same time, I feel like our our assistant coaches are going to do it, be really, really stern about gym hours. We're going to have schedules to when guys come in and shoot. Um, and I think everyone's eager to work, too. And when you put that work in, then you reap the benefits. I think a guy this year that should have benefited 
from it last year that didn't was Miller. I think Miller is a gem. He's a workhorse. And um, it just – the shots just weren't falling this year. But I think he's going to come back and be plus 40% next year. I think Anthony Lill is going to get a lot more playing time this year, and he's going to be plus 40% as well. So um, just everyone being in the gym also tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be huge for us next year. So he was out working in L.A. as well trying to get better. So I think that all of that is going to be huge for us, and everyone's just ready to work. So I like it. Everyone's ready to work, and they've got somebody holding them accountable in a way that they haven't in a long time. The last time we talked to you was – you know, with your good buddy, Joey Brunk, before you started your freshman year, oh. uh, a lot has changed since then. A lot. Yes, it has. Um, we got to ask you some Bloomington questions real quick. What's your favorite yep. pizza? What do you do for pizza in Bloomington? Uh, I usually go to pizza X pizza X is my go to Porky the pie. So all right, lunch. good board. Your, your favorite non pizza meal at a restaurant. My favorite non-pizza meal at a restaurant. Or you can just go restaurant. You don't have to narrow it down to a meal. Um, My favorite restaurant is probably um, maybe I like a suka a lot. I like a suka. What's that? The, they, they cook the food in front of you. Oh, where like is that? Jacket. I love that kind of thing. That's by... It's, it's by um I'm trying to think is it like by the mall east college yeah okay oh we gotta try that i love that so is good viva moss is really good me and my teammates go there a lot and then got it um buffalo is obviously really good and then malibu grill and zagrabs are probably around on my top five see so. this is what a senior does this is what a leader does he hits them all to not piss exactly. off anybody it's really smart <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. Trace, uh, I can't let you go without asking you. Obviously, I am wearing your shirt. Uh, NIL is a reality in college basketball in a way that mm-hmm. it has never been before. And while yeah. you were out in LA, there were crazy numbers being reported for certain people that were transfers and all kinds of craziness. But and 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 we know that you did a, a really nice deal with Hoosiers for good. And, you know, obviously we did the fan fest with you last year and we're hopefully doing it again this year. Um, How important is NIL? Uh, How have you been able to balance doing enough of it to be lucrative for yourself, but also not to be a distraction? Um, Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing with that is we're still what coach Woodson said, we're here to get our degrees first. And then um, obviously coach Woodson wants to get everyone on our team paid. Um, because then he, then he knows that we deserve the money. But at the same time, you can't let that hinder out on the real reason why you're here, and that's to play basketball and for your academics. And so I think that it's huge for college athletes in general as a whole. Um, but at the same time, it's new. Um, it, came, it was crazy. Last year kind of started, but then the first um, – with the transfer portal and all that stuff going on, it was it was huge, like huge deals, numbers being thrown left and right. So just trying to get guys in the future that are coming here for the right reasons, not for the money, but because they want <clears throat> because they want to have a team that's a part of Indiana's great history. So I, I also have to ask this because from a strict business standpoint, right? 
it mm-hmm. would have made sense for you to do what many people did, which was declare that you're going through the NBA process uh-huh. and enter the transfer portal because yeah. that's leverage, right? And I'm yeah. sure, and maybe you don't want to say this, but I am sure there were people in your orbit who probably were like, yeah, he should do that because that's going to help leverage. Absolutely. You, okay, so that was a reality of it. Did you ever yeah. personally really consider entering the transfer portal? Oh, uh, no. There's people in my corner that talked about it, um, the benefits from it, but I was already committed. If I was either going, I was either going to the draft or I was coming back to IU. There wasn't any debunk about me going to another school. I didn't contact any other schools. I was never considering any other school. So I was pretty set on playing in the NBA or coming back to IU, which has been the same that I've been the last three years. There was rumors that I entered the transfer portal that never happened. So, Well, and it seems like to me, you're uh, obviously the dreams of NBA, which we all can't wait. Well, we all, we can wait one year to watch you realize that dream. We're all happily <laughs> yeah. waiting one year. Well, wait, I'm just throwing it out there. You do have the COVID year. Just <laughs> don't saying. Get, don't get greedy, Eric. Just saying. You got it if you want yeah. it. You got it if you want it. Um, But that when you look at somebody like Coach Woodson or other guys like Scott May, still around Bloomington, or, or Calbert, you know, when he came back to Indy with the Pacers, when you see these guys who threw and through Hoosiers – I mean, how much do you just want to be one of those guys 20 years, 40 years where you were like you were born and raised in Indiana and you went to Indiana University for four years and you impacted winning and you had the stats that are going to be astronomical. Like, do you envision that like as as your 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 just in your um your legacy and and not just in terms of the numbers as you walk out as a senior but as being one of these hoosiers that people for the rest of your life when you walk around indianapolis or bloomington you'll be revered because you you stuck with us absolutely um it's huge for me just leaving my mark which is a small mark on huge history um, with our university and um, just all of the great basketball players that have come through there. Um, and I think that's what I've realized coming from my freshman year to now is just how deep and rich the history is of Indiana basketball and how it's not where it needs to be and how much better just me personally, I think I can make it. And I think if we get that title, um, obviously, we're gonna have a great year. I have no doubt about it. But if we can get over that over that hump and win one, um, it just sets the future off. And just being able to say that I was a part of that, help starting that back up, will be huge for me. It will be talked about for generations. So, yes, it will. Trace your first game for the 2022-23 season. Do you think you will take two or more three pointers in the game? Um, I think that I will. Definitely. Yeah. I would say with the amount of, especially if they're leaving me open, like they are, it's no more, it's not even hesitation anymore. I'm just, yes. I'm just so. And how excited are you in your senior year? Last year, obviously you had the Bahamas experience, which was an incredible experience, but this year you get Vegas mm-hmm. to play Arizona. You get to go to fog Allen to play Kansas. And I see you campaigning on Twitter to play North Carolina and your buddy Baycott. 
in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. How excited are you for those huge marquee games? Um, Arizona, um, that's going to be a huge game. Vegas, that's going to be awesome. Um, and then traveling to Kansas, one of the most historic venues in college basketball. That's going to also be great against the defending champions. Yes. That's going to be awesome. And then North Carolina, who was also in the championship game, my buddy Armando, we're trying to get things uh, started on Twitter. So we'll see what uh, the NCAA and ESPN does for all that stuff. So hopefully, hopefully get to play each other. I'd love to play against them. And then maybe the Gavit games, who knows who we get. True. Maybe Villanova. Oh, so mm-hmm. never know. Now, Just- besides being fun and and for like a bucket list for a college basketball player to go to Fog Allen and dethrone the champs. That's all that's all great fun experience for you. But how important do you think it is just for the program? Like from the exposure, from Absolutely. from the rep side of things, for for recruits who are thinking about coming to IU to see those marquee games up front. Well, the biggest thing that it does not only for us as a team and playing against the best teams it, it's huge for the program because all these are nationally televised games and so the more that you play against these games and hopefully win these games the more exposure you get not only from just like hometown but it's national media and national presence so that's huge i think not only for us but for the programs and recruits seeing that they're going to be like oh indiana okay let me let me see about them we're usually in kids top fives but who do we usually lose to duke kentucky uh North Carolina, they're teams like that who are always playing on ESPN and those national uh, outlets. So um, I think it's going to be huge. And I think that when we do well and we succeed and we have a great season, I think it's going to help recruits down the road. So, Trace, we've taken up an hour of your time. I got to tell you, man, you know, we met you almost, what, four years ago now when we first sat down with you and, and chatted it up. One of the best things in college basketball is to watch a guy grow year to year. Now, most of the time for us fans, it's watching somebody grow on the court and watching their game expand and get better. And yours clearly has. Mm-hmm. But watching you grow off the court and seeing you grow into the leader of this team that you were destined to be is as rewarding of a journey as a fan as I remember being on. It is awesome to watch you have already cemented a legacy at Indiana that is impactful. And I heard you say your small mark on a big history. Your mark is not small, my friend. <laughs> your mark is big, and it's going to become even bigger just because of your attitude and being there. You know, winners show up, and you are showing up for Indiana for your senior year, and the fans are there to support you and cannot freaking wait to watch you come out for Hoosier Hysteria and come out for your first game, and every minute you're on the court is going to be a joy to watch you play, man. So happy for you and how you've grown. And look, I'm, I could be, I'm as old enough to be your dad, so I feel like I can say it's fun to be proud of an Indiana team and Indiana players, and we are proud of you, man. It is fun to watch you, and you know we got your back. We'll keep buying the shirts, keep putting them out. We need a new shirt. You need an I'm yeah. back shirt or something. Like, yeah, you know, true. you need that. But just want to wish you the best of luck, man. We can't wait to, to see you in person and root like hell for you. Hey, I appreciate that. Welcome back, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you. That was a guest. That was a guest. Holy shit. I mean, right? Are you I just was, ready to run through a wall? 
I was not expecting that. Like the 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 multiple reasons and occasions and statements to be the the leadership of the guy, the ownership of this guy is not like we just thought we were getting a really great basketball player back. All that stuff, I didn't see that coming at all, and I could not be more excited about it. I'm like <laughs> struggling on what to say because. Trace, when you watch him in press conferences, he's extremely poised. He really is really good at it. He's like media trained. Mm -hmm. But that got like the the doors got blown off. Like as far as just be honest, he was just being honest. He was was just being matter of fact, matter of fact, but transparent about the Mm -hmm. Northwestern stuff and what he said to coach that he wanted and how he wanted conditioning to change. Like we always hear about that the teams that win are not coach-led. They are player-led, right, mm-hmm. Ward? We've yep, heard that's that exactly from... what I thought of. Yep. And that is what we just heard. Yep. What we just heard was a player leading and saying, right or wrong, it's my team now, and this is how I think it should go. And, and that's I, exciting. It, show, it, it's, it unlocks, to use his word, the potential of what this season really can be. And then I think because we're always looking to the future, it's our nature as fans is that he's setting the template for what a leader does in Mike Woodson's program. And, and, you know, we know coach Woodson's not going to be there for 20 years, but coach Woodson's going to be there longer than trace Jackson Davis. And whatever these players are, who are going to remain after trace is gone. Some of these guys who are, are juniors, sophomore incoming freshmen, sophomores sophomores we'll see if jeremy gray keeps that going hopefully he will i think he Um, will but the um this this idea that coach knight and look that's who coach woodson's mentor was that that is the one who taught him how this is supposed to go if you want to be competing at the top of the college game and that it's those seniors who are showing everybody else this is how you do it and this is how you do it to succeed and when when these freshmen who are coming in, when Malik Renault comes in and sees Trace Jackson Davis grinding it out in the gym in like early February, even though he's already top five in points and rebounds and 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 uh, blocks at that point, that that's going to be like, oh, this is this is how we do this here, and that's just a coach yelling at you or coddling you doesn't do it in the same way. No, and it sounds like not only is it that he's going to lead. I once. Heard some recently somebody said that leadership by example is not leadership. Like leadership by example means you're just doing your job. Like everybody's supposed to do that. But leadership does mean stepping out of the comfort zone and, and talking and telling people what is expected. And it sure as hell sounds like Trace Jackson Davis is ready to be that guy in a way that he has not been. The drug testing thing was was like jaw-dropping for me. Well, and, and, and even with me too, but then it even predates this. Now, this goes back to Northwestern where he was like, yeah, fuck those other guys. They got to learn their lesson too. You can't mess with our team like this. That like, and that's when he, even his, if it hurts the team. Yeah. And that's when even he, at that point, I think we were all probably thinking it's still probably traces last year that he's, he was willing to put the, the potential NCAA tourney bid uh, at, at risk in order to like have this culture be established deep down knowing, well, that's how we're really going to be winning and successful in the long run. 
Ward, I'm telling you, as he was talking about Northwestern and then the drug testing thing and the, the, the plan that he wrote down, I was it was like watching the movie. I mean, you're you're a, a, a movie writer. You know this. You're a script man. No, he's he's going from the end of the second act into the third act where he's now the hero's journey is about to be completed. He's he's heading home from the quest. Yes. I mean, it is. You know, I mean, it, it's like I, I just in my head thought of like it's Jimmy Chitwood saying like. I think it's time for me to play a one more thing. I play coach stays. He goes, I go. It's like yeah. Jimmy being a leader. It's yeah. it's like there's, you, you see that in the movies and that is what it felt like with Trace. And it felt like his freshman year, he was a player. His sophomore year, he was a player. His junior year, uh, he was a better player and starting to understand what leadership was. And then it clicked for him. It clicked with Northwestern. It clicked halfway through the Michigan game. It clicked, you know, it clicked through the end of the year. And this is who he is now. He is like, this is the origin story of the superhero. And we just <laughs> saw him get his superpowers. It was, it was thrilling to watch in real time. It was a revelation, right? Like, it was. Like, and, and I mean... There's probably many other incidents he could say that occurred last season of of where that growth is happening, right? Like how he's turning into that superhero. Uh, but just that that we just learned that I had envisioned that Coach Woody was screaming his head off in that locker room and that it, Trace kind of dis, dispersed, dispelled that myth. Dispelled. Yeah. Dispelled Dispel. that myth. No, you, and, hit, you hit it. I stumbled around. I got there, but that that Welcome, it was more like take a number. <laughs> I've been like, I don't know. I'm like nervous talking to Trace, so I've been like mumbling my words the whole. You, you, you were know. pretty amped. It was fun to watch snippets. Uh, <laughs> that's going in the hysterics lexicon. Yeah. Snippets. Give us some good snippets, uh, <laughs> and with that accent too. Hey, hey, you got a good snippet for me? Just give me what's the what's the snippet from inside yeah. the locker room? What's the scuttlebutt on the snippets? <laughs> he uh, he looked over at race. And he said, we're not going to lose this game. We're going to win this game. So you better be ready to go. And that's it. That's not just going out there and playing his ass off. That's turned into another upperclassman leader and saying, what's what? And then everybody else, get on the, par the party train. We're going to go beat the Wolverines and set the world on fire. Big Ten title, compete for a national title. That's what he said. That's the expectation. That's his expectation. I didn't come back to just come back. I came back to win. Well, and, and, and that mentality they, is going to be infectious. And if it's not, you're not going to be playing. I mean, there's too many guys with too much talent on this team. The guys that 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 grind and, and put in the work, those are going to be the ones that play. Nobody's ever won a national championship in college basketball who didn't believe that they could. Right, right. You know, it wasn't like, well, we were just kind of hoping to like get into the tournament and make it to the second weekend and whoa, we won the national championship. Like you have to believe that you have to be going for that. And I love that as soon as Coach Woodson walked in the door, he started talking about Big Ten titles and national championships. Like we're not going to shy away from this. Not We're not going to build the program up for two or three years and then start talking about it. It's like, no, we're going to talk about it publicly. We're going to talk about it in practice. And it's going to be what we think about when we wake up in the morning and when we go to bed at night. 
Yeah, I love that. I and I, I, I almost don't even want to talk about it because, look, only one team wins the national championship, and it's really hard, and it requires a ton of luck. As we as we have talked about injuries, matchups, like you know, I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum and heard from people there. I mean, Mike Woodson doesn't blow out his back in 1980 and that number one team in the country might win the national championship and then win another one in 81. Mm -hmm. So it's just so much luck, but you, you referenced Calbert Cheney a bunch and we both did in that, in that conversation with trace, we've referenced Calbert Cheney a whole bunch on this podcast. Calbert Cheney is in the rarefied air of legacies at Indiana university, as is Damon Bailey, as is Alan Henderson Mm -hmm. without winning a national championship. What Trace is doing coming back for his senior year and what we think could happen, he has a he's going to put himself there. Absolutely. And, and that is something, man. I mean, that is something to behold, considering what we had to watch his first couple of years as far as what the teams were, you know, and, and the, the tumult that he had to deal with this year is going to be so much GD fun. Yeah. I mean, it, it already is. Mm-hmm. And him announcing that he's coming back just wrapped up this summer of, of or, or spring of love with Malik and knowing that we have Jalen and X coming back and, you know, Jordan Geronimo coming back and Tamar Bates coming back. Like, we got a squad, man. We got a squad. When you just when you look at that group of dudes, and I was doing that, I was looking at the the whole full squad before we got on this call with Trey's, and and I was like that the the depth of it, the talent of it, you know, top to bottom, like going going well into the double digits, you know, of like yeah, the twelfth guy, I could see him coming in and giving us like some important shots from the outside. That that's you know, I think we we might have fooled ourselves a couple times in the last ten years. Well, like but- last year. We fooled yeah. ourselves last year. Oh, I'm even thinking like when we beat Marquette and we're like, oh my God, this team's so like Evan Fitzner. And their Fitzner's filling it up from the outside. <laughs> but you know, look, another thing I love that he said towards the end was that, you know, it's not about just having this unbelievable, great um last go around here, but that that it's the beginning of getting Indiana back. You know, something that's sustainable because I was realizing this earlier today. Well, okay, we won in 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 2016. That was nice. That was a it was kind of but really the last great Indiana team that we we're all like, well, this team has a chance was was Vic and Cody's last year. Okay, yeah, so that was, 10, that was ten yeah, ten years ago. Then it was ten years before prior to that that look, yes, could have Samson the thing hadn't blown up, could have uh, um you know Eric Gordon and DJ White's team. No, but they, you're right. It was two thousand two. So it was ten years prior to that. And then when was the last time before that? Ten years. Ten years. What Calbert's senior year. So we've been on this cycle where it's like, okay, we're due for another team that can really threaten and could really do that. But then we don't want to wait another ten years. We want to keep it rolling. Well, and it does seem like we are more uniquely positioned right now because of the people involved, where the recruiting is heading. All signs point to, look, if you lose Trace Jackson Davis, you're going to take a step back likely, but not nearly as big of a step as we would have taken back two years ago. No, just left. That Malik is going to have a season to get seasoned under Trace. You know, watching I know. Trace. No, the if, 
you can like, look, if you just look at 10 guys, right. Because most teams don't even play 10 guys, right? Like North Carolina was playing like eight or something like the seven. Yeah. You don't really play 10 guys. We know coach Woody likes to play 10 guys, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but if you just throw assume, out five new ones in the middle of the first half, right? So let's just not even conjecture on like development. Let's just say X race trace Miller cop. all start. Let's just say that because they all started last year. Okay. So let's just Fair. give them, it, it, you can make the argument maybe Miller doesn't, but he's he's well within the rotation of players, obviously. So those are four. Then your fifth player, let's say it's Jalen Hood Shafina. Okay. Okay. Then off the bench, you have Tamar Bates, right? Who, former five star who yep. showed a promise and has talent. You have Malik Renault, five star yep. talent. <laughs> Just two five stars. Potentially coming off the bench. You have Jordan Geronimo, who is arguably one of our most productive players in short minutes last year. I'm at eight right now. Mm-hmm. Haven't talked about Trey Galloway, who was a huge part of the team last year. Haven't talked about uh, Logan Duncan. Haven't talked about, who am I Leal. missing? Uh, Leal. CJ Gunn. Yeah. Kayla Banks. I mean, there is... There is more reason for real optimism than there has been in a long time. But I cannot get over the things that Trey said and how he said them. The well, confidence, Ward. The confidence. Yeah. The way he talked about, like, yeah, I'm going to shoot more than two threes in the first game. No, he-, he said no hesitation this year. No hesitation. And that's all he's been from the outside. Hesitation. Well, and to go directly to something he said – regarding coach Woodson, like several things he said regarding coach Woodson of, of the love he has for that man, the connection he has for that man. Like early on when he was like, they, yeah, they all said if I was going to be in the first round, they wanted me to go. And that's why I love them. And that's not lip service. That's not media training. That's a guy who has a real profound, meaningful connection with his coach. And they've been together about a year at this point. That was my favorite thing he said. I, I've known him for a year and it feels like I've known him my entire life. Incredible. And coach Woody went out to LA and had dinner with him. Coach Woody met him in Indianapolis. Uh, I, I have very good reason to believe that had he gone to the combine coach Woody was going to be in Chicago to see him there as well. There's clearly a bond after, like you said, 13 months now it's been 13 months since the first time he probably met him. And talking about, uh, a young man, not a kid, as we've established. This is a young man uh, listening to those who have gone before him and Calbert Chaney coming in with a slam dunk of like, I'm, and that sounded so matter-of-fact the way it was related to us. Like, you're going to be in the NBA. You're an NBA player. It's not going anywhere. But you have this chance to go back and do something very few do. And like, who, who sense... Calbert, in terms of like one of these all-time legendary guys, who have we got to watch for four years? Who has been productive, as productive at that level as Trace has been? Uh, I mean, you know, Yogi did pretty good, but he had so much around him his freshman year, and then he was figuring it out, kind of sophomore, junior year. But like there, like it's just not something that happens anymore. When you saw like Luke Garza in Iowa or something like that, and you're like, oh my God, they got that guy for how many years? It's just very rare in today's game. And like, I'm so excited to see Trace doing well in the NBA. 
not this year, but that that um, to know that Calbert was one of the crucial voices that came into for him to be able to relax and not be worried about missing his chance at the NBA. No, no, yeah, you, because you, that was a concern, right? That like even course. with him announcing that he's coming back, I think everybody the narrative that you read from the outside in, if you know nothing, is he wanted to go to the NBA. He wanted to be drafted in the top 35. That's what he said. And he got COVID. And that prevented him from working out in the way that he wanted to. And shit. So now he's got to come back to Indiana because circumstances beyond his control led to that happening. And so with that, you kind of wonder, is there going to be some almost resentment or this was a backup plan? It certainly doesn't feel like a backup plan. This guy is coming back because he made the decision to come back. He told his agents, I'm not going to go to the pro day. I don't want to. I've made the decision. He does have faith, obviously, and thinks there's higher powers out there that are that are helping to guide him and that he is gleaning from. But this guy is coming back with an agenda that is clear, a mission and an entitlement, actually. And I mean that in a good way Yeah. that I'm here. This is my fourth year. This is my program for this year. It is my program. And, and and this is how I think it should work. And to the idea of like the the grown ass man now before us is that he made no secret he didn't name names, but there's people in his corner who wanted him to go into the portal for le- for, for for leverage, and and that you know and that he's talking to agents who, you know, have dollar signs in their eyes all the way down. He's telling adults around him, you know what? No, no, I'm just going to go back to Indiana university and destroy college basketball. And then all that other stuff will take care of itself. So to be able to, to have that level of confidence in yourself, that these consiglieres, these people around you who, who in theory have your best in mind when it comes to like the finances, because of course that's what's best for them too. Uh, it's certainly not mutually exclusive, but to just have the the confidence in yourself and what you want and what's important to you to be like, guys, I'll see you next year. It's it is so exciting. He is r- quickly rising up the ranks of all time favorite players. And who knows where he'll be at the end of his senior year, red shirt junior year, or whatever the hell they call it. I have very little doubt that when we're even older and grayer and talking to players who are at IU 10 years from now, six years from now, who are growing up uh, in Indiana or elsewhere, and like that watching Trace Jackson Davis and what he did at IU and how great he was and the numbers he put up and the way he helped turn a program around, the way some of the guys talk about Cody and Vic now that were their formative IU players, you know, Anthony Leal or anybody like this, Trace Jackson Davis is that right now to a bunch of 8, 10, 12-year-old kids. Totally agree. And could be that to some 20, 30, 40, 50, 60-year-old guys if there's some real team success. Let's not forget that. <laughs> that, that, right. just, that just won't impact our roster in 10 years. <laughs> That's true. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But, but the, the sometimes, sometimes why? And for at least one more year, Trace Jackson Davis. <laughs> Boom. By the way, Trace has a Y in it. Yep. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unity.
manner We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner Us two goofy guys go by names of Warden Eric And as you probably know by now